It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, good morning. Happy Saturday. It is the 18th of September. Unbelievable that we're past the halfway mark of the ninth month of the year 2021. I'm Austin Horton. Jeff Carroll producing for us today here at your Zone Carrier Studios at the Vivint Arena. And joining us safely, uh, socially distanced from Casa de Miller, I assume, is the one, the only, Jeff Miller. Hi, Jeff. Good morning. Morning, Austin. How are you? Oh, it's good to be back together with you. It's been a long time, hasn't it? It has been way too long. Happy to be back on. So, uh, how's life? How are things? What have you been up to? You know, trying to figure out ways to do things without cars to sell. Right. It's been fun. It's a whole different process in our world, but family's good, healthy, happy. No, can't complain. What else could you need, right? That's as long as that's as long as that's taken care of. Everything else can uh, be overcome. Yeah, I was down at uh, the the Midtown store. Was that last week? I think it was. Yeah, for uh, we were doing the thing with Fit to Recover on uh, mm-hmm. Utah Recovery Day, and I was I was. You guys have told me you've talked about it. It's in the news that there's a chip shortage, which means there's a car shortage. But I. I was a little taken back at how many cars there were. You see it on the lots, right? Yeah, it it changed my. I I finally believed (laughs) y'all. This is a this is a bit of an issue right now, isn't it? We are not sensationalizing here on Utah car sets. It's a real issue out there in the world. Not that I'm want to not believe you. Here's your picker. So our our Saturday morning inventory and new cars at the two stores are eight and nine. Eight new cars and nine new cars. So eight, 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 nine, it's nine, game week for the Utes and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready. Sorry about that. Well, Go ahead. No, all right. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, a lot of it right now is it's just as a consumer, whether you're buying Subaru, Toyota, Honda, Ford, whatever you're buying, you just got to understand the fact you're probably ordering a car right now. Yeah, and, and it, what what are we thinking? Three to five months for that car to come in. What's the timeline? <laughs> just depends i mean you're, we're probably th- two to three months is my guess oh, okay. it just depends the car right i mean right now you're talking september that's at least november december so i mean one thing we'll talk a little bit on the show about and i'd love to hear callers call in with concerns on a lot of the concerns right now are on lease returns because there are a lot of people who have lease returns coming up in the next couple months that are worried about not being able to get another car so we can answer some of those questions and things like that because it is definitely a what we would call a unique market right now yeah, it's definitely a unique market, something uh, I've never seen. Uh, I don't know that you've seen anything like it, and we hope to never see anything like it again, right? I tell you, I mean, we run, I mean, our, we try and run about a 45-day supply of new cars, and that's pretty low. Most most dealers try and run a 60-day supply, and right now we're at a two-day and a three-day. Gotcha. Well, uh, if if you're out there and you're in need of a new car, what is your best piece of advice, Jeff? Now, obviously, those who can plan ahead and aren't in dire need today, you've got some time, but get on it and, and plan it out. But if there are those out there that are in dire need of a car, what's your best piece of advice right now in this crazy uh, environment? I mean, you're the, you nailed it the first one. The first one's plan ahead. Is If you know you're going to be needing a car in the next six months, don't wait right now. Plan and understand the fact that it might take four months to get the car you want. Otherwise, you might get stuck with something you don't want. 
or have to buy a used car or something like that, that it's at a higher and the market on used cars is a lot higher right now. Yeah. So that's yeah. a tough thing to buy right now. Um, leases are an interesting thing because the interesting thing on leases is because the used car market's so high, the vast majority of our customers right now have equity. Yeah. And quite a bit of equity. Right. So if you have a lease running out in the next six to nine months, <laughs> six to it, nine. Wow. I mean, I honestly could tell you probably a year, but I won't go that far. Crazy. It's not a bad time to come in, have us look at the value of your lease, see what kind of equity you have right now and get into a new one. I mean, we've had some people we brought in who've had thousands and thousands of dollars of equity where they were able to get into a new lease that we ordered from them a couple months from now. And when that car comes in, they're actually going to lower their payments. Wow. See, now, now my wheels are turning. I'm doing the math on my lease. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we, we love say, our car. We love it. But, but man, say, if we can get some honestly, equity. I would honestly say we should look at the value of your car and see what the equity is like in it. Because you probably have a couple grand in equity at least. Yeah. Even right now in your lease. That would be something to uh, entertain. We've got our second coming in the first week of December. Uh, and the Forester is big enough. We're, we're fine. But my wife is always saying, hey, our next one, our next one's got to be an ascent. we got to get an ascent. got to be that ascent. Or the full electric. Or the full electric. Oh, my gosh. I would die to have we that. We have some excitement on that. I mean, we're – I'm going. So, hopefully – I mean, I should, I'll be back for next week's show on Saturday. We're, we've got some conflicts with the Utah game, so I might have to wait till the week after that. Yeah. But um, we're going to the Subaru National Dealer Meeting next week Ooh. on Tuesday in Anaheim. And they are telling us that we are going to get a in-person viewing of that vehicle. Wow. That so no that pictures, be, no. Oh come on! Started. They'll no throw pictures. it in a room, and I assume they're going to steal our cell phones and make sure I don't have any eyeglass cameras on. Wow, we're not going to get us to get pictures out, but at least we'll have a in-person viewing of that vehicle. That is that's cool. That's awesome, and I'm extremely jealous. And I wish you hadn't told me because now I want to come with you. <laughs> yeah, it's me and uh, Josh and Mike, and then um, Roger Parkin, who's, who does the show quite a bit too. Oh come on, Josh gets to go, and I don't. Josh gets come to on, go. I don't know. It's, it's a tough world, Austin. <laughs> Someone's got to hold the fort back there. <laughs> now, uh, speaking of next week's show, and you mentioned it, we might have a, we do have a conflict with the Utah game, but I've got a rule that I've come up with today. And uh, it has not been and will not be approved, but it's my idea, so we're going to say it. If they lose to San Diego State, we're not covering them next week. That's the rule. <laughs> no, so. If Utah loses to San Diego State, there's no pregame next week because the zone is boycotting Utah football. Right, exactly. Does because, Scott talk about this? No, he doesn't. And, uh, he, the, probably the, call your boss and uh, let him know that. Is it, this is why you guys put on a disclaimer for the, for the show about how these views do not reflect the views of the station. Yes, it's for me. It's me. It's, it's not you. you. It's that not Mark sense. Miller Subaru. To do with me. They don't worry about me at all. <laughs> no, they're worried about their actual employee. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I just feel like, look, BYU, they, they beat them, and I think it's good for the rivalry for it to be uh, not 15, 17, 25 years in a row for one side. Then it becomes really stale. But I still believe Utah is a much better team that's, than they showed against BYU. Oh, totally. And that's the thing. You, you never bet on a rivalry game. You just don't. Because yeah. there's just different emotions happens in the game, and you never know what's going to happen. It's not. It's less likely that the best team wins in a rivalry game. Yep, yep. Because I, I still, I mean, I'm, 
obviously biased to them, but the Utah's still the better team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they we'll lost see. the game. They got the better players of the better team. But and we'll see at the end BYU of the season how that played, plays out. They outplayed them. That day, BYU was the better team for sure. There's no, I mean, absolutely. the final score yeah. shows that. So, oh, absolutely, they were the better team. And I don't mean to discount. Maybe BYU ends up being a better team at the end of the season. But I still, regardless of that, Jeff, I feel that Utah is a is a better product than they showed last week, and it's up to them to prove me wrong or, or right. I think today against the Aztecs. But if they lose, we're doing a show next week. And we're not covering the Utah game. That's just how. <laughs> okay, I'll, to give I'm him a little motivation. Scott right now. <laughs> see what he says. I'm what they're saying. You might have. You might need a job next week. <laughs> I, might, I might be texting you. I might. Maybe I'll be coming with you to the Subaru show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, we've got uh, a poll question today. If you want to be part of the show, eight five five three four zero zone. Jeff is back there taking. Jeff Miller is not taking your calls. Jeff Carroll is back here taking your calls. Jeff Miller will answer your questions and make comment on your calls. 855-340-ZONE. There is a special event that is supposed to happen today in Provo. Now, weather permitting, it might not it might not go down, but you know who the candy bomber is, right, Jeff? I do. So Gail Halverson, Utah's own. Uh, I believe he's 101 at this at this point now. He survived covid last year he's just he does not go down easily uh gail haverson he's my friend i love him to death and uh, i think that he's just incredible of course he made uh everyone's life better uh dropping candy from his uh bomber in world war ii over berlin uh and they're doing something similar to that weather permitting today in provo where he'll be doing another candy drop at a car a vintage car show in provo to raise uh, funds for the Gail S. Halverson Aviation Education Center and the Alzheimer's Association. So, thinking of Gail and him being a grandpa, a great-grandpa, and I believe a great-great-grandpa at this point in his life, the poll question today, Jeff, is when you think of your grandpa, what car or car stories come to mind? 855 855- Three four zero zone. Everyone that calls in and shares with us today be entered into a drawing for a, a free oil change from Mark Miller Subaru at the end of the show. So eight five five three four zero zone. When you think of your grandpa, what car or car memories come to mind? Love to hear from you today. What do you think of that one? I like that one. I like that one. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, let's dive into some news while we get the the calls lined up. We talked about the shortage for a moment there. We'll probably circle back to that later on. But I want to hear about uh, the the other goings-on at Mark Miller Subaru. While you might have issues with with getting cars on the ground, you still have a solid, full customer base, uh, especially with people like me that have a lease out. on. And you're constantly looking for new technicians. Well, I saw this story from the Standard Examiner, Jeff, about Weber State shifting their, uh, uh, well, expanding their car mechanic uh, school. Now I'm bungling the name. I'm sure it's auto technician or, or something yeah, like auto that. Auto tech program. Uh, yeah, the Department of Automotive Technology. They're expanding for a specific uh, school within the program uh, that will focus on electric vehicles and training people to have a career in electric vehicle technicians. Now, obviously, they'll also be schooled and learn uh, the the combustion mechanics, of course. 
But that being said, Jeff, how close are we to every mechanic coming out of school needing to know how to work on an EV? Very close. I mean, it should have probably happened a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, I think it's generally the interesting thing with, with the majority of mechanics, as far as new technologies in this country, it's manufactured trained. Like the schools are out there and they're, they're a supplement to it. And they're trying to create people with better skills to be able to come into most of the new and use businesses. But most of the stuff, as far as like our electric motor stuff, our Subaru starting, I think in the next quarter, we're going to start sending our guys to electric vehicle training. Wow. Pretty much all of them, because it's that's where the market. I mean, by 2025, 2026, I think we'll have an electric in just about every model. Yeah, and we're almost there now, right? Right. And we'll have Subaru will debut their first one we just talked about. The production, barring everything, knock yes. on wood. Yeah. Uh-huh. Can't promise anything at this point, but it's supposed to start in March. It's planned so for March. Okay. Yeah. So that would be vehicles on the ground in May or June. Wow. So, and we're very, very close. I mean, we're going to start building infrastructure probably in the next quarter or so, new charging stations, and we have to put a new lift in. Oh, is it a different lift? Oh, that yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. It's wider, so it doesn't fit on our existing lifts. Uh-huh. So we have to have a lift for the Solterra. So, I mean, it's good to see that the partners, the Ogden Weaver Technical College, Davis has a technical college, Slick has a technical college, and all these are really – starting to bring these classes on electric the problem is, is it's getting the equipment for the manufacturers getting the training stuff getting instructors that know how to teach <laughs> i mean right. there's problems on all sides of it uh and to that end that's not an inexpensive expansion and change and uh, weber state received 300 grand in grant funds from the state to aid this uh, this expansion and training, so I, it's it's good. I think it's a good thing. And you say you're gonna have to install a lift, and probably five six years from now you'll need more than one as more no, people. Without question, we will. Yeah, we'll yeah. expand as we go on it, and we're gonna have to put charging stations out front because what we're hearing on the Subaru is it's gonna require a level three charger, which is like the superchargers on the Tesla sites. Yeah, it'll tr- tr- charge faster. So there's some pretty good infrastructure things that just about every store is gonna be dealing with. So no matter what your manufacturer is. So we're on our way here. Uh, it may not flood the market in the next year or two, but I don't think we're that far off to where every other house on the street has an EV in the garage. Uh, I think that we're, oh, it, we're close to it's it. It's definitely getting there. Yeah. 855-340-ZONE. If you have a question, a comment, a story, uh, if you want to answer our poll question, what comes to mind when you think of your grandpa, what cars or car memories, 855-340-ZONE. And, Jeff, we have our first caller. Should we jump out? Let's do it. Jonathan is first up this morning on Utah Car Sense. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We're fine. How are you doing? What's going on? Doing good. So uh, I have a story about my grandpa and my grandma driving backseat. And uh, my grandpa being older than uh, most, he has hearing aids. And his driving drives my grandma crazy. (laughs) And she keeps telling him oh you got to go in the right lane you got to be get out of the middle of the road and he looks over and turns off his hearing aid so that he wouldn't hear her anymore (laughs) the backseat driver gets muted by the hearing aid yes (laughs) that's brilliant that's a that's a great idea i wonder uh i wonder if i can uh, supplement that i don't use hearing aids but i wonder if i can like put a curtain of silence between me and uh, the backseat driver and my family 
That would be Absolutely. something. Jonathan, thanks for the call. I love it. Thanks for the hey, story. Thank you. 855-340-ZONE. Jonathan is entered into the drawing for that free oil change, Jeff. That's awesome. What's your, what's your story? Oh, God, where do I begin? Uh, my, my grandfather, uh, both grandfathers on either side are, are big car guys, and uh, my my mom's dad is very mechanically minded. He can he's like the he knows more than Google. I'll tell you that he's the DIY grandpa. When I have a question about something that I need to fix or or, or install, like this, just this week he came and helped me install my new uh, newfangled microwave. Uh, without him, I couldn't have get it got it done. But he of course can fix anything. And then my grandfather on my dad's side. Uh, may his soul rest peacefully. He always was a Buick guy and a big Ford truck guy. Uh, and he would talk about driving that Buick and how he felt like he was flying an airplane down the freeway. He would be pointing out the mountains. He would be pointing out the dog on the side of the street. He'd be pointing, and he would never look at the road. He was driving, but he was always looking to the left, to the right, behind him. And my grandma was freaking out the whole time, of course. But me as a little kid... I just thought it was great that Grandpa was the the official tour guide of Utah, showing me everything while he drove down the street. So, and then of course he gifted me a couple cars uh, that he had given to my dad. My dad passed down to me. So cars are a connection with me and my grandparents for sure. That's awesome. Not to it's what? nothing like your connection with your grandparents. Good grief. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I never met my grandpa on my dad's Oh, side. you didn't? Um, I didn't know that. Uh, he, no, Grandpa Laurie, who the dealerships came down to, he actually passed away about eight months before I was born. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah, but on my mom's side, the, my thought process is my grandparents are Bonnevilles. That's all they drove. Fun yeah. Bonnevilles. Yep, for sure. <laughs> Those things were boats. <laughs> They're and, fun, man. Oh, yeah. man. For years, they just drove Bonnevilles and Bonnevilles, and finally... Well, my grandma passed, she passed away five or six years ago, but um, her la- the last few years of her life, Pontiac went away. <laughs> so there was right. no Bonneville for her to drive. Oh, no. What did she do? <laughs> so we put her in a Forester for a couple of Foresters for a little while, and she just was never comfortable. <laughs> she just she just dealt with it. Yeah. Oh, man. Just dealt with it because she had to have a car, but she just you could tell she just missed her Bonnevilles. She missed her Bonnie. Yep, for sure. All right, 855-340-ZONE if you want to be part of the show, 855-340-ZONE. We'd love to hear from you. All right, there's another crazy thing happening uh, in the car world that I saw, Jeff, and uh, it involves the uh, UDOT has plans for closures, shocking, on I-80. Uh, but recently, before we dive into this story, have you, when's the last time you went out on the Bangor Highway, my friend? It's been a while. Well, make it a while longer before you venture. It okay. is an absolute disaster, especially especially down uh, by Magna. It is it's a freaking joke. So I I had to go pick up this new microwave from a, a appliance store uh, that you probably know the name of, and I had to go to their warehouse out by the airport, and okay. I I get off the I eighty or whatever road that is, yeah I eighty. And I to go left on Bangader, and it is down to one lane both directions, meaning north and south was sharing a lane. And there were no less than 100 cars waiting to go south. And I swear we waited for 1,000 cars to go north before we were then allowed to go south. Then the light was broken, 
It's just an absolute disaster over there. So please, whatever you're doing, avoid, if you can, that area. But I-80, uh, I wanted to make sure we told people about the UDOT's plans to close uh, for closures and detours on I-80 at Redwood Road. UDOT will close the ramp. Uh, in fact, they closed it last night, the ramp from Redwood to eastbound I-80. It'll be closed until 6 p.m. Monday, uh, and or excuse me, 5 a.m. Monday. Motorists will need to find a different way of accessing 180. The ramp is going to be repaved, finally, and crews will also replace the concrete safety barriers. Jeff, this is a necessary evil of transportation. I know the joke is that Utah is constantly under construction and that the state flag should just be a construction zone sign. But this is, like, this is needful, right? And it has to happen, especially given our climate. Yeah, absolutely. You always have to do it. The roads are going to constantly be working. You just keep cycling around and you keep rebuilding and improving and doing what you got to do. Yeah. And so as much as I hate it, just as much as the the next person, this is the, the price we pay of living in a four season state. And what's your, um, what's your view on Cottonwood Canyon? Okay. So we can dive into that for sure. Let's have a big, a big discussion about that. Cause I have thoughts and they differ from Roger Parkin to give you a hint as to where I, I'm sitting. so But I'd love to hear your your uh, thoughts. I'm open still. I'm still trying to learn, I'm still, but I do lean one way over the other. But before we do that, let's get out to the phone lines. 855-340-ZONE. Lindsay is next on Utah Car Sense. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. What can we do for you? So my story is my grandma gave us her Oldsmobile Cutlass. Nice. And it was this nice muscle car, but my mom had three little kids, so she piled us in the back of the car, and it would overheat that we would have to pull up to gas stations and fill it up with their hose. <laughs> and and then the back of it had a spot where someone had set a battery and the battery acid had burned through it, and so oh we would gosh. throw trash through the hole as we drove. Oh, good! It was super fun. Good, yeah. But I remember, yeah. her, <laughs> I remember her selling it to a college-age kid for four hundred dollars, and he thought he had like won the lottery. Oh my gosh! When was this? Um, nineteen eighty-four. Wow, four hundred bucks in eighty-four. So was yep. so I assume this was a two-door Cutlass. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. and your mom having to move the seats, shove the kids in the back. That's yep. pretty fun. Good good yep. memory. Uh, now, of course, Lindsay, you're, you no longer litter, correct? Oh, no way. Never, never. I mean, yeah. but I 100% agree the Utah state flag should be orange, <laughs> and it is never going away. I have been coming here for 30 years. We now live here, and I-15 has never stopped waving their orange flag. Yeah, for sure. Lindsay, thanks for calling in. That's a great story. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I had a friend in high school who had a Jeep Wrangler that had a hole in the back, and there weren't, there wasn't littering going on, but on one long trip, there was a funnel used. Jeff, I'll just leave it at that. So, uh, sorry for the the person behind you, but uh, yeah, the Oldsmobile Cutlass, not a family car with the two doors there. That happens quite a bit. 
we're wow. I, I see these people that uh, in fact I just had a neighbor sell his family vehicle and buy a motorcycle and his wife came home and was like what are you doing we have children we can we need a, <laughs> needed that vehicle and it's been a bit of a sticking point in their relationship to say the least but uh, you got to do what makes you happy Jeff Absolutely. Hey, let's dive into that Cottonwood Canyon uh, discussion because I like the idea of the gondola. I do. I know that it has impact on the look and feel of the canyon. I know that it uh, will be the most drastic change, but I truly believe that it is the best environmental and uh, aesthetically pleasing way to go about this. I have a feeling, and I know Roger Parkin disagrees with that. I have a feeling you might as well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the problem is everyone's just, ah, just leave status quo. And status quo doesn't work. The, the, the canyon traffic and what it does, it's a hazard. It's dangerous. It can't stay the same. So the two options are we're expanding the roads and building tunnels and things like that or doing the gondola. And I don't know. I, I lean towards the gondola side as well. Do you? Okay is where I would probably lean towards just, I mean, I think from an environmental impact side, obviously the least environmental impact people would say would be to do nothing. Sure. But with the number of traffic and the bumper to bumper and car crashes and stuff like that, it's not great right now. Yeah. At some point we have to be honest with ourselves. And this is what kind of bothered and actually really bothered me about the uh, initial use and idea of legacy highway at some point, we have to be honest with ourselves when we're looking about uh, expanding and uh, use of roads and use of wilderness and use of, and the expanding population, I should say. And we're, we, we're going to reach a point where we have to make a footprint somewhere that previously was not needed. And so we've been able to avoid it. That does not mean when we make that footprint that we just go irresponsible with it. But we also need to do it in a way that we're, we're making that footprint use, useful and, and making it worth it. I felt at, at the beginning of Legacy Highway, by making it just two lanes and by making it only 50 miles an hour and that trucks couldn't use it, I felt like we're just putting a, a concrete footprint out on those wetlands and it's not going to be used anyway. So if we're going to do something where we impact the environment, let's make sure we're doing uh, enough, we're doing enough to make that impact on the environment worth our use and then responsibly as much as we can not just destroy the environment while we're doing it. Is that am I making any sense is that possible? No, I think you're making sense on it. I mean, there's bad trade-offs both ways. I get it. I mean, my my question too is I mean, I haven't skied at Solitude or I, mean, I haven't skied up there sober in like in a long time because it's just so busy on the weekends. Like you can't get a parking spot and the lift lines are so long. Like, is this going to assuage any of that problem? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, cause that, what they're saying is if the gondola runs, they won't let passenger cars up. Right. Right. Unless you have a pass. Yeah. Like you have to have a specialized pass to get up the Canyon if, or buses. Yeah, I don't it, – will it – will it – and I guess I'm thinking of it more from – I don't use the slopes as much as I did when I was younger and wasn't put together with glue and aluminum. Uh, but uh, I, I'm thinking of, of it more from the standpoint – I don't care about how long you wait in line on the lift for the lift. I care about how many of our gas-guzzling, polluting cars are going up and down that canyon yeah, in the canyon. winter. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. When the when there's nowhere for that polluted air to go, uh, is just trapped in by the inversion, and it becomes poisonous. 
and we're and seeing that more and more here. At least, I mean, at least a couple times a year, that canyon gets closed down by avalanches for days at a time. Right. And people just get stuck up the canyon. Which, so with the gondola, escape that. Solve this. Yeah. Get I'm people down. Now, what is, tell me, remind me the, the biggest, a lot of people, their con on the gondola is uh, it's going to, you know, be a permanent fixture up and down the canyons. What, but beyond that, though, what is the argument against the gondola? Because it's almost, and now we're talking half a, half a billion dollars, but it's almost sixes between the cost of the gondola and the cost of the the the, and buses. the roads and yeah. doing that. I think the I think the main issues I've heard on it is the the eyesore of a of towers going up and down the canyon. Oh please, we already I have think that. The second one is the. I guess there's environmental implications of putting towers in the middle of wildlife places. Okay. Um, and then I think the other big issue is that it's a gift to the ski resorts because that's all accesses. I see. So, right? so if they were I kicking think what they're in trying some, to say is yeah. that we'll do like for the summer is we'll do the gondola up the canyon and then have um, shuttles that go to the other hot spots in the canyon. For the in the summer. Yeah, for summertime. Gotcha. Uh, so the ski resorts aren't necessarily on the hook for any of that. Yeah. So, I mean, the ski resorts are getting, they're not contributing monetarily to this at all, I don't think. Well, see, that's that's wrong. I think that they should. I don't know that they need to foot the whole bill. Uh, in fact, I don't think they should foot the majority of the bill. It's it's a state tourism thing, really. But it's a private business that is benefiting from that. Now they pay taxes and all that sort of thing. I don't know what would and wouldn't be fair, but to just give them a gondola, it does seem a little like... Yeah, but I, but so the gondola, the operation and maintenance of it, which I think is like $10 million a year, yeah, mm-hmm. will be paid for by the users of it. So you're going to pay a $5 to ride the gondola. I don't know what the number is, but... That's probably more than $5, right? It's gonna yeah, be I think the 50. ski resorts have offered to pay for all their employees and their pass holders. Gotcha. So if you have a ski pass, it would include the gondola ride. Well, it's interesting. We'll see what, what goes down. It seems like they've put a bit of a pause on it, which I'm okay with as long as it's They're a taking short comments pause. on it. The comment period in the last couple of weeks is we served 13,000 comments. Well, good. At least people are playing along. At least people are voicing their thoughts on it. I hate when Including I see one citizen that wrote one 25 pages long. Yeah. I didn't read the whole thing. Did you? <laughs> no, we'll let that one go. I wonder if they'll read the whole thing, honestly, but yeah, hey, saw the County mayor came out against it though. Who did the Canyon ears? The County mayor, Jenny Wilson. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, she favors some form of enhanced bus service instead. Yeah. I, I and I like Jenny. I respect her, and I think she's a, a great uh, public official. I don't. If the if we're gonna go buses, then it's got to be four lanes of buses and only buses, and they've got to be electric buses. They cannot be diesel they buses. Be, but the, the problem with it is, is in order to do that and do it safely as part of this project, they've got to widen the roads, uh-huh. create bus lanes, and they've got to build these avalanche sheds. Yep. And you're building miles and miles of avalanche sheds, which are tunnels across the roads. And that's, and you want environmental impact. That's pretty crazy too. And and I'm no environmentalist. I'm no expert, but it seems like that's more of of a footprint than a gondola. Construction footprint, the idea of putting towers in, 
isn't that intense. Right. I mean, have you ever watched him do ski towers on a ski lift? It's literally building a base, a little base for it to go in, and then they helicopter it in, bolted down. <laughs> right. It, it's. I mean, that's how the towers will be built somewhere else and helicoptered in. Right. So it's 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 very. I mean, it's obviously it's got an impact, but it's minimal. Uh, yeah, versus that having way. an entire year of expanding roads up there, which is a lot of. And those roads, I mean, you've driven up that canyon. Those roads are not easy to expand. No. You're going to be cutting away trees. You're going to be cutting away wilderness. You're going to be cutting away mountain. Yeah, to say the least, yeah. You're going to be cutting into the side of you're the rock be, there. You're going to be dynamiting. Blowing it up. Yeah. That seems more of a permanent uh, footprint than a gondola. Or rather, a gondola would be permanent, I mean. But it seems like more of a, a big stomp of a footprint rather than just a gentle traipse up the side of the mountain to put some posts in. But yeah. anyway, I'd love to hear people. If you have thoughts on that, we'll entertain that as well. I mean, if you've heard, if there's 13,000 responses so far on the comments, I'm sure we've got listeners with thoughts on it. 855-340-ZONE. We just, we'll take your thoughts. We won't really fight on it. We just want to, I'm interested in knowing how many people side with Jeff and I on the gondola. I'm not 100% sold on it. It sounds like, Jeff, you're, you're not either, but you're no, leaning that way. I would way. say I am, too. I mean, I could be still swayed but either way, but, I mean. Exactly. They've got to make some sort of movement. It's probably got to start next year. So if you got thoughts on that, 855-340-ZONE for your efforts. We'll enter you into the drawing at the end of the show for a free oil change. Also, what, what stories about cars come to mind when you think of your grandpa? 855-340-ZONE. More of Utah Car Sense next. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Utah Car Sense. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Austin Horton here with Jeff Miller. Jeff Carroll is taking your phone calls in the booth at 855 855- 340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. We've been talking about the Cottonwood Canyon uh, suggestions to fix the uh, pollution and traffic jams up there uh, really all year long, but especially during the uh, winter sports seasons. And uh, we're asking for your thoughts. When you hear, uh, when, we, when you think of your grandpa, what car stories or what cars come to mind? 855-340-ZONE. Along those lines, Jeff, a man in the United Kingdom recently died. He was 94 years old. And the interesting thing about this man is he was a classic car collector. Now, just before we dive into the details of the story, I am continually amazed at how many people in this world have the kind of money to be classic car collectors. It seems like every other day I'm hearing about somebody. It's expensive. Yeah, man. Just to buy them. And then to upkeep them and use them, and ah, I don't know how, how people do it. But this man had a everything from a, God, what is this, a uh, Model A uh, buggy type thing uh, to a, a Lamborghini. And when he died, he left uh, the, in his will that he wanted the, or Model T, what did I say, Model A, Model T. He, he left in his will that he wanted the collection of seven vehicles to be sold for charity. 
Wow, that's cool. Now, so my question then, because that is cool, that's admirable, that's impressive. Um, my question then becomes, for myself, if I were, you know, his grandson or his son or, or someone in his will, and I am saddened by his passing, of course, but my whole life I've wondered, hey, am I going to get to inherit one of these or all of these cars? <laughs> and then I find out it's going to uh, charity. I then have to at least pretend publicly that I'm happy about that, right? You have Absolutely. to. You, have, you can't. You can't come out and fight it and say, "No, I, I'm. Right, it's rightfully mine. I'm his blood. I deserve this car collection." That's the way I think you always have to look at something like that, right? It's like it's their call. They can make the decision what they want to do with the money they earned and the items they bought. Yeah, it's it, it's a little easier when it's like their garbage pail collection. Uh, garbage pail kids although those are pretty uh valuable million dollar classic car collection it's a little tougher it is it's a little harder pill to swallow but then i looked into it and the the research or excuse me the charity is going towards is the cancer research and british heart foundation research uh companies there in the united kingdom so pretty good way to to uh gift your uh collection do some good in the world even after you've left it's a good legacy to leave behind for sure Oh my gosh, absolutely. What a great story. I'd love to be able to do something like that. I'm afraid when I go, whenever it is, whether it be in the next five minutes or 50 years, I'm afraid all I'll leave behind is bills uh, and things to be collected by the officials. So. I hope 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE is our phone number. Zach is our next caller. Welcome to Utah Car Sense. Uh, how you guys doing? We're good, thanks. What's going on? So my friend's daughter totaled her uh, Lexus, and uh, the family had owned it for quite a few years. They gave uh, $6,000 for it used when they bought it. Had 177,000 miles on it. The insurance company gave them 6300 for the car. And then this week they got another six hundred from the insurance company, saying they reevaluated the car. It had went up in value, so they're shocked at the amount of money used cars are going for. No, oh, yeah. I, I missed how old the car was. How old was it? No, it, they must have had it. It must be around uh, two thousand five or six. Wow, and they got $6,900 out of it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because the, the insurance companies have to come out and pay market value for the car. It's, it's part of your insurance agreement. I mean, and we're they're seeing crazy stuff happen in the insurance world on some of these total cars. So cars they decided... People, uh, there's nothing out there to replace them. Then they decided where mom and dad work from home now. Uh, they're not going to re- replace the car. They just get by with one last car for the family. That's a so smart point. Trying to do the right thing, you know, and be more conscious on spending money on fuel, I guess, you know, but they couldn't get over what they got for the car. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I uh, yeah. That's that's wild. I, I It's even more wild that... They came back and said, "Oh, we owe you more money." That seems like that'd be an easy right. thing to not do. That's that. That's uh, pretty cool by that insurance company to do the right thing there. So they were asking me, should they cash this 
$600 check or should they hold it or they're kind of afraid it. it's a mistake, you know? Well, I say cash it, and if it's a mistake, then uh, let them figure it out. If they made the mistake and gave you too much money, I don't know. <laughs> totally. This isn't like it just randomly showed up in your bank account, and you, of course, will owe that back to the bank. This is they they paid this, this a as a legal tender, yeah. right? That money, is, that money is yours. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think they're all right to cash it and do whatever they want. Okay, well, great show. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate that. Eight five five. 340-ZONE, that's how it's done, 855-340-ZONE. I've never had uh, anyone come to me, Jeff, and say, hey, you know that thing that I paid you for? I owe you more money because it's gone up in value. That, that right? Now, my question, I guess I should have asked Zach before we let him go, was it that they made an error in their calculation or that the car appreciated $600 more over the next couple weeks and they felt guilt? That doesn't seem like... If it appreciated, they wouldn't owe them any money. Yeah, it makes me wonder if there was something else in their account. Had to be an an error, yeah. Right, if there was something in the insurance thing where there's an overpayment of premium, it might have been, you know what that $600 might have been, is that they might have made a, paid their premium for the year. Oh. And it was a refund of the rest of the premium. That could be, that would make sense, yep. That would be my more logical thing. The odds of an insurance company coming back and giving you more money are pretty low. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know sure. They usually come back you and say, "Hey, you've been paying too little. Actually, you owe here's yeah, a bill." Definitely not the most altruistic companies on the planet. <laughs> yep. Eight five five three four zero zone. Our next caller is our friend Al. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Just a comment or a question, I guess, uh, about uh, Mayor Wilson's idea of doing an expanded bus service up Little Cottonwood Canyon. Okay. That makes all sorts of sense. I don't think they would need to put in, uh, you know, avalanche shelters. That to me is is silly. Uh, so you could have the road 100% guaranteed open through every snowstorm in the winter. Uh, I mean, the snowstorm closes down the road all the time, not that frequently, but you know, from time to time. So that seems like overkill. But I, I the idea of throwing up towers makes zero sense to me aesthetically and environmentally um you know you you and, and a lot of other people talk like you know oh just run by electricity you know have your le- electric cars being charged you know at every you know uh, other gas station you can get electric charge for free well where does that electricity come from and how is that generated yep is there an answer to that? Yeah, right nobody, now in this state, it's cold. In this state, it's cold. Until, yeah. until the Utah legislature does something about it, it's coal in the state. Yeah, That's you're right, Al. Yeah. Right now, it's still generated so, by coal. Yep. So, so I mean, no one throws that into the equation. But anyway, I, I like the idea of, you know, of not having the towers going up there because you only need you'd only need that like in the winter time. You know, three four months out of the year, maybe five months if you stretch ski season. But that just seems like uh, an environmental nightmare to have that, the ugly towers up there. So anyway, that's my three cents. A, a, sh- a short rebuttal on that. There's there's still yeah. recreation in the in the non winter seasons up there. There's still oh, absolutely, yeah. but there's not a traffic jam going up. That's a, that. Yeah, that's true. Not as and, not and, nearly and, as and, much. Yeah, not nearly as bad. And, and, if, sure. you, and if you, if you and if you think about the polluting cars, 
hey, those cars are going to be going everywhere anyway, polluting. We have, we live in a valley, you know, and I know that that air flows out of the canyon or the pollution I get flows out of the canyon and ends up shrouding I-15, I would, I suppose. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's just. Anyway, that's my three cents worth. Thank you, Al. Appreciate the call. Hey, it's a tough argument. It. It's tough when you're not talking about the avalanche shelters, too. Is that it's the avalanche shelters are less about road closures and more about safety. Yeah. Of all the incidents we've had over the years of people getting crushed or knocked off the road by avalanches, because you don't see them coming. Yep. And and then can you imagine, Jeff, the nightmare? of a state-built program of buses and you don't have that protection and the all these citizens are tragically killed in an avalanche and you just chose not to build the protection against it that's that'd be my argument as well uh, to al there but good thoughts and a good conversation it's a good argument i'm glad i'm glad they're taking this slow that's the po- that's important. Yeah, let's not rush. Yeah. Let's let people. Uh, let's get the right idea here. Eight five five three four zero zone. James is next up on Utah Car Sense. Hi, James. What up, Austin? Oh, hey, it's my guy, James. It's Thomas. <laughs> How are you, buddy? How's how's hey, the family? Not, not too bad. Good. Um, so I wanted to call. So I was listening to the guy talk about the Lexus that got wrecked, and they got a bunch of money out of it. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Just recently, I had a 2000 Ford. It was the 7.3 diesel. I bought it for ten grand. I had it for six and a half years. Um, I lent it to my niece to go to a dance, and she rolled it. Which oh. and just everyone was like, she. Everyone's safe. No one was hurt, but she rolled my truck, totaled it, and. I was like super nervous because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get another truck for the same amount of what I paid for this one. Um, the insurance ended up coming back and giving me 13.5 for it. Oh my god! Half years later. Oh my god! I I turned around. I bought the truck back from the insurance. <laughs> I parted a whole uh, for only. I bought it back for 2,500 bucks. Um, I resold like a whole bunch of stuff to my brother and then turned around and sold it to a guy that wanted the motor and the transmission, everything for three grand. Jeez. <laughs> James, you're, you're, you got to have a TV show. That's ridiculous. I totally, I walked away from the whole thing. Like that sucked. But at the end of the day, like I was, happy because then i got a new truck yeah for sure <laughs> god i need to well, hang yeah. out with you more buddy i need more of that good luck <laughs> okay well thank you good to talk to you man be well that's crazy uh that that's i see these tv shows where they do that with houses right where they flip a house and they make eighty thousand yeah. dollars and then i hear these radio commercials hey you can do this too and i every time i'm like yeah maybe i could and then i try to and they don't tell you the story about the guy who did it and lost 50 grand. <laughs> yes or or and then i try to install a microwave this week and can't and I'm like, how am I going to flip a house? That's not going to work. It's not going to go well. So uh, good for no, I think you should stay away from that. 855 340 zone. If you've got a thought, a question, a comment, we'd love to hear it. 855 340 zone. The puppies have made an appearance. 
The dogs, the dogs are here. Hey, while we're talking a little bit about environmental impact and recycling and use and, and that sort of thing, have you seen this story out of, uh, where is this, Thailand? Yeah, Bangkok, Thailand. What they're doing with their uh, old taxis. No. Have you ever been to Thailand? I have not. I haven't either. I'd love to go. I think it would be an amazing trip. But uh, there's these fields and fields and lots, parking lots, full of old, discarded, no longer usable taxis. And they're all bright oranges and bright pinks, and you can't really resell or repurpose them very well. But in the meantime, until they do something else with them... The uh, government and uh, and uh, public there in Bang- excuse me Bangkok has decided that with these 2,500 idle taxis, they've built rooftop gardens on top of each car. <laughs> so they've put you know uh, like a like a tray of some kind filled with soil, planted plants and, and vegetables and things in it, and they're since they're just sitting out there in the sun. They're just making sure they get enough water, and they're growing produce and flowers and other things on the tops of these otherwise just sitting there humps, hunks of metal. How now, cool is that? It's not a permanent way to, to dispose of and recycle these big vehicles, but I think in the meantime, why not? That's a good yeah, idea. You got a big lot with lots of sun coming down on it? Yeah, that's a pretty cool idea. Now, if we want to go real... To, uh, far to the left on this thing, Jeff. Maybe, maybe we ought to impose some kind of sanction on junkyards that ha- they have to do the same thing, where or the or the landfill. If they get a big giant piece of metal, you don't just bury it in the earth. You've got to you got to do something to use you it. Plant something in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Repurpose it somehow. Make it into a a feeding trough for the hogs or something. I don't know. Okay. So I just thought that was pretty pretty cool. cool. Pretty good idea. Uh, Innovative and unique out there from the the people in Bangkok. That was pretty cool. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Do we talk uh, about a new Subaru product when we come back? Talk about the new WRX? We have to. We have to. For for my own selfish uh, questions about the Wilderness Editions, but also the, the WRX that has been highly anticipated and it's it's bringing out it's doing it right man it's doing some stuff right that i'm excited about so we'll get that and more thoughts from jeff miller on the other side here on utah car sense